0: Perfectionism is an attempt to stay ahead of any sort of judgment, is an attempt to stay ahead of any criticism, and what ultimately it does is it chips away at our own self-love, our own self-confidence, thinking that someone else's voice has more power than our own. The Love, Heal, Thrive podcast. Wow. This episode, we help our guest heal her arthritis, her digestion issues, and connect the dots through energy healing, through the Destiny cards, Enneagram, and the love language. I mean, this episode is so full and so full of heart. I hope it helps you too. Let's get started. So, I want to ask three questions just to get comfortable, okay. and then we'll get started. So, okay. What does the word love mean to you?
1: Love is, to me, a a comfort, a like an acknowledgement of the sacrifices that I would make for people, and that I assume then that they would make for me. Mm-hmm.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. And what does heal mean to you?
1: Heal means to continue to work towards being your best self, and and don't even know how to describe it without using the word heal but to fix the Mm -hmm. sort of like if you imagine like empty spots in your body that are either from trauma or things that Mm -hmm. are missing and filling those spots back up with positive energy
0: Mm -hmm. I love that I love that well because I think that trauma leaves a hole there that alters us but as we as we then fill it in it can be even more magnetic and right. I think I think that's actually what happens when why we create these patterns that show up repeatedly is there is this hole that then energy wants to fill right. and if it's the same frequency or the same messaging then we're attracting the same thing right but as we shift and heal then what fills in that gap right is something elevated
1: yeah that makes sense I,
0: like that. I love your answers too Thanks. and uh, thrive what does thrive look like to you
1: thrive would be just living your best life and always possible having having healed having loved um still loving you could still be healing but I think just using all of the tools that the universe gives you to really live your most authentic and best life
0: mm, I love that Thanks. I totally agree I totally agree. <laughs> and I hope that today brings love, heal, and thriving to you. I'm sure um, will. And today we are going to talk through this amazing playbook that is going to connect the dots for some of the issues that you had presented in your questionnaire. And I'm so excited uh, to get started. So um, do you want to talk about what brings you here today?
1: Yeah, Sure. So I have worked with Erin for a while and find her to be amazing at helping me sort of navigate what is happening in that moment in my life. And so I really am excited to do this work today. Some of the health issues that I, that I brought up in the questionnaire were my arthritis, which I've dealt with since I was in my early 20s, Um, although they actually think I probably had symptoms of it starting when I was about 16. And then I have anxiety that again, was diagnosed as an adult, but now looking back on my life, and I raised two daughters who are diagnosed with anxiety. There's a lot of things I recognized from my childhood that I now know were presenting as anxiety, but I grew up in the 80s, and we didn't diagnose that a lot in, especially in kids, right? Like, it's supposed to be a great time in your life, and I was actually diagnosed with depression prior to anxiety, and so, and that actually never really sat very well with me, but I thought, okay, that's what it is, and after having my second daughter, I was given the actual diagnosis of anxiety, and we sort of were able to backtrack and realize that that's always what, what that had been. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, in the last year or two, I've been having a, a ton of digestive issues and recently found out that I, am, um, I have a high sensitivity to soybean, which at first when I saw that, I thought, all right, well, I don't eat soy but apparently soybean oil is in lots of things. a lot of things, <laughs> even like mayonnaise. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's amazing what it's in. So I'm going to start working actually this week. I start my work with a autoimmune dietitian who she is the one who ordered the the um, food sensitivity test. And so we're going to look at my sensitivities because I have some that are mild, but that the soybean was the one major one. And we're going to look at that and how it's affecting my inflammation and and what I can do about it.
0: That is such a good journey. And I'm so glad that you are working with her. She sounds amazing. Yeah, so I'm um, excited. I would love her information. Later. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> She's great. She's
1: local too. So yeah.
0: That is awesome. And, you know, our body is 99.9% energy. Mm-hmm. And so it is so important to support our physical structure. But it is also important to know that as you do this work, that's going to become, you know, what is at the root of that inflammation? What is at the root of the emotion that is causing that? Because our thoughts trigger our emotion, our emotion Mm -hmm. moves our energy, and then our energy manifests physically. So by the time it's manifested physically, it's already left that train station. Right. But when we can take those steps backwards and get to the root cause, then that's where the magic is, and, and then we have true health. Right. So... We are going to dissect this from lots of different directions. Amazing! So we're going to go, I want to read from this emotional book. It talks about all the emotional reasons why physical things show up in our life. But then I want to talk through your Enneagram, your family's Enneagram, and destiny cards. I actually want to lean in more to the Enneagram a little bit today. Because um, we're going to talk about destiny cards and how they connect. But there's some really interesting... Enneagram correlation that I think might be really helpful too and it's so fascinating because they totally their messages totally connect and there's a lot of study that says with the Enneagram you were born that number Mm -hmm. you know it is certainly a a, an effect of the environment but it's also they say that it is you were born that way and destiny cards you are that born on that day so it is really interesting to me to start seeing those those correlations. So arthritis for, so you said at 16 is when? Yeah,
1: at 16, between 16 and 18, I started experiencing back pain, which I also do have a dehydrated disc. but In I, the
0: lower, middle, or upper back?
1: Lower, it's my very last uh, disc.
0: Okay, so typically lower back pain um, tends to surround itself around money. So in a concern of money and a worry of money, does that seem to apply during that time period? Well, that's
1: interesting. Not, I mean, a little bit with the time period, but, and I work with a life coach currently, and she and I have spoken about this a lot. My dad made a lot of money and, um, that allowed us to move, you know, to Woodside and, and sort of, you know, changed our lifestyle. But at the same time, I was taught to be very humble about it. But, but again at the time, in an almost shameful way. Like it mm-hmm. was almost embarrassing to be the one with money. And when my dad got involved with a local sports team, that was another thing that it was sort of like, don't talk to anyone about this. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it didn't feel like shame. Now as an adult looking back, mm-hmm. I realize I felt shame about it. And what's interesting is my family was and continues to be very philanthropic and so there was a pride in that and there continues to be a pride in that but I've noticed even with my girls sometimes you know telling them like don't talk about certain things you know and don't you know like some things are meant to be private and I realize that I'm sort of creating that same thing Mm. because I think that's where the shame came around is that I, I had to sort of Not that I was going to run out and be like, guess what, everyone, Mm -hmm. because it was just who I was. And I don't think I actually would have even thought twice about it. But because it was ingrained in me to not talk about certain things Mm -hmm. and that maybe there was a shame attached to it, you know, Mm -hmm. or why, again, like feeling the one that was different. Because where I went to school, everyone lived pretty close and I was the one that lived far away. So I had to plan to be able to go over to friends' houses versus Mm -hmm. them just riding their bikes around Mm-hmm. And so I think, yes. So you're are,
0: already ostracized by, yeah, by where you live right. based off of money.
1: Right. And coming from where I grew up in Redwood City and then where I moved, it was like people would come over to my house and they'd be like, oh, you live in a mansion. And all I knew about mansions was what I'd read in like the babysitter club books or whatever <laughs> I was reading. And I, and I remember telling people, no, no, I don't. And then I went, you know, I, would but people kept saying it and it was like okay, but if I do, is that a bad thing? Like, I just never knew how to feel about it myself, so I was never able to sort of make that decision. I was just sort of carrying around what everybody Right.
0: Mm-hmm. you Right, well, you're carrying around me. that guilt.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, without even looking at that book yet, I, I want to, so this is already playbook number one. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Is, you know, feeling guilty and not feeling like you can move forward or that you can move your body because... You don't, what if I say something right. or what if I do something that might um, intrinsically, uh, what's the word I'm uh, seeking, like intrinsically like ostracize your family right. or, or ostracize yourself out of that family, out of the tribe.
1: Right, right.
0: Right, so our tribal experience is felt and experienced in our root chakra, mm-hmm. which is developed during zero to seven, which right. is actually at the core of anxiety.
1: And seven is when I moved. And seven That's where we moved, moved up to the, the big house.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, yeah. we haven't gotten into the paperwork. <laughs> we're not going to get to the paperwork for a few more minutes <laughs> because sorry. we're going to just sit with this for a minute. <laughs> I love it. In this energetic space, this develops between the ages of zero and seven. This is at the core of our anxiety. It is the foundation of our anxiety. This is what causes when this is what causes a lot of our anxiety is this energy center right here. And I think spending time on any one of my YouTube meditations, right? right. I will always begin every single YouTube meditation and always end every meditation with spending time in the root chakra. Mm-hmm going down and up. For you, when you bring that attention to that root chakra, I want you to allow this to feel expansive without limit and knowing that the universe provides. It was never your money. It was never your dad's money. There's actually a great book that we're going to read in book club. It's called It Was Never Your Money. Perfect. Appropriately. Right. Because it is just a function of what the universe is giving that to you to then use as a conduit to go and help other people and to do other things. And it is, you know, I think resting in this energetic space in meditation and allowing that to not have any limits, like feeling that energy flow and extend and not have any limits and to allow the guilt and the shame to dissolve, but allowing that earth energy. So we are healed in that energy center By the element of Earth, so each one of our energy centers is is balanced and healed by an element. So that is why in every single one of my meditations, we draw up that Earth energy, Mm -hmm. is because it is Earth energy that heals that energy center. And so, even sitting in your beautiful backyard, Right. right, like sitting on the grass in the dirt next to a tree, and and doing this meditation and allowing this inner child, this little girl, to feel freedom. And to feel that she can be expansive and can move and talk and run and play and play with her friends and that there are no limits. I think even that alone will do so much for your anxiety and the arthritis because arthritis comes from feeling worried about making the wrong move. Or that we are, you know, and in this, in this instance, as a child, it was this tribal, that is intense, Mm -hmm. intense messaging and an experience that we all, you know, and, and lots of people have this experience over different things that they can't, there's a family member that used to say, shh, don't say nothing. (laughs) right? Because whatever's in the family Mm -hmm. stays in the family and you can't talk about what happens in the family. But this then ultimately, this is why there are generational illnesses. This is why there are generational things that happen because there isn't the clearing and the letting go of there's this worry that you can't say something, which then causes this inflammation because Mm -hmm. our body can't move, can't release it. Makes So So it builds up and then we create inflammation. We create this um, arthritis is just stuck at energy. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, this root chakra is at the source of that anxiety trigger. And also though, it is at the source of healing,
1: right? Well, it's interesting what you were saying about the grounding and the bringing attention and expanding when we just grounded right before we started this, my vision, every time I've meditated with you, my vision of, you know, the roots going down into the earth and pulling taut, always have looked the same, and today they looked very different, and they actually, my roots covered the earth. Like, I could see the earth, but my roots Mm. were around it, and I had never Mm. envisioned it that way, and then I actually saw the mother earth coming up. I could see gold light, and again, I I don't recall having seen it, at least not that sort of dramatic before, and so Mm. that was even before we did that. Started recording, Mm. I had that different experience. Mm,
0: So good. So I would say that's a message for you for you to look at it and envision it with that, that intensity. But I also think I encourage you to feel this freedom. I think this, I keep hearing the word freedom and, you know, I see you in your backyard on the grass or by a tree, (laughs) you know, doing this meditation, but allowing from that root chakra to feel this freedom, to feel, you know, and, you know, even in, seeing and envisioning yourself you know having a carnival birthday party in your backyard right. <laughs> like having enjoying and bringing people in and knowing that this is fun and free and as you do so as you spend time in meditation and allow your inner little girl to feel this it shifts the energy of the timeline right so as right. we as we shift and change things in the present moment it goes backwards and it shifts the energy from our childhood, so that as we walk around this world as an adult, we no longer walk around as this afraid, right. shameful, guilt-ridden little girl who is so worried to talk and speak. Instead, right. we feel confident and free and powerful. That you can not make a mistake. Right. right. That you cannot worry. You cannot make a mistake. You don't have to worry. And we'll actually get into that with the Enneagram a little bit too. But I think. Sitting in this space and allowing this freedom, I think is going to be a really powerful shift for you.
1: Okay, amazing.
0: Um, I keep seeing. Do you know? Is there like a cell phone tower or something near your house? That well, you're aware that's of? what's funny
1: is we actually have terrible cell phone service where I live.
0: Okay, okay, okay. That's interesting. Well, let's let's hold on to that. Okay, let's hold on to that. Did you put? new Wi-Fi in or did you put my husband
1: has put extenders through the house because mm-hmm. we, since we get such terrible Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. but we are pretty reliant on it. Like we don't even have cable anymore. We sh- only watch st- shows by streaming.
0: Mm-hmm. So but we have a bunch of these ex- extenders. Mm-hmm. But, and, and the timing of those extenders was at about the same time that you started to feel some of your symptoms.
1: No. Okay. But I'm going to think on that a little bit more.
0: Let's think on that because okay. I keep, I just keep seeing this here. So I don't argue with spirit. I just see it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hold on to that. Okay. I think it will show up somehow, some way in some capacity.
1: Specifically cell phone tower.
0: Yeah. I'm seeing, okay. I'm seeing like, and as soon as you started talking about your symptoms, I saw this picture in my head. So,
1: cause the only thing I can think of, although this is again, is not cell phone is when I was 16. So around that same time as. Mm-hmm. Um, we think our, my symptoms started, that is when we moved into a even more affluent area than I had lived previous. So I lived somewhere from birth to seven and then I lived in a little bit of a more affluent area from seven to 16. And at 16, we moved into a, what is known as a very affluent area. And it was a really hard change for me because I, Did not want to be kind of associated with that area. And the reason the phone thing is coming up for me is because we had a really crazy like phone system in that house where we had like one line for our gate, one line that we answered through the house, one line that just went to voicemail. And then I had my own line and my phone number was my name. So the last four digits of my phone number were my name. And so that's the only thing I can think of around that because that is around the same timing as some of these symptoms. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, but that was
1: a regular. Well, phone. and
0: that's a lot of control.
1: I did also get a cell phone for my sixteenth birthday.
0: Okay, okay, so yeah. that can be so that a could lot be, of that. Yeah. Yes, that so. can, that can definitely be a lot of that. There's a really interesting book called uh, "Reset Your Child's Brain" mm-hmm. that talks about the electronic challenges that oh, happen, amazing um, the to behavior. It. Yeah, the behavior. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, she tells you to go on a three week. Purge, Purge, um, which is much easier for little kids and adults. (laughs) Right, you know it's hard for us to go on a three-hour purge when we're not sleeping. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I'm only partway through the book. Um, One of my best friends told me the highlights of the book, and it's pretty fascinating. But I think though there is something to that. There's a lot of EMF treatments that you can do to your home that help. With the, you know, the EMF toxicity, Um, there is a lot of like jewelry that you can buy. I'm not an expert. I can, in the notes, I'll put a great website that is an expert on that. Amazing. Perfect. (laughs) We had a speaker actually come to Love Heal Thrive that spoke on, she's one of like seven people in the country that um, is an expert on EMF toxicity and how to protect yourself. There's a lot of, you know, tools and things that you can do um, that can start to kind of cleanse yourself. But okay. even just like a tourmaline crystal or like obsidian crystal mm-hmm. or like the black the black oh, okay. crystals. So mm-hmm. tourmaline is black, obsidian is black. Um tourmaline does a really good job of um and there's actually like mats that are like clear quartz and tourmaline. Okay. That you can put on your bed that help clear that. Okay. So amazing. Yeah, that might be it. And then, you know, we can think on it too how that um, yeah. Continues to well and when I turned sixteen,
1: most people weren't getting cell phones. So like a you know, teen today might be like, You had to wait till sixteen but that was actually it was right. unusual. It was one of the only ones that had any sort of portable phone device.
0: Right. So, right. It was like the big old ones with the it, was. So it was like yeah. was it really? <laughs>
1: It had, like, a case and everything, too. I had put the whole case in my car. Like, I didn't carry it around with me. That one I got, I think, for my 18th birthday. But,
0: yeah. Oh, my gosh. So good. We just watched Point Break this weekend. Oh, and was, yeah, yeah. like, his big old yep. phone. It's the Zach Morris phone. <laughs> so good. So good. Right. I have such a visual right now. Okay. Uh, so the emotional... I mean, I think, I think that we have nailed it. I do want to just read this. Yeah. But I'm just going to read, you know... Often he is not very kind in his right. readings. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is, that is a lot of that. Arthritis <laughs> feels unloved and not good enough with a resulting resentful bitterness and criticalness. They feel tied down, restri- restrained and restricted. They are not allowing themselves to develop their full potential due to severe constraints and they desperately want to be free to move around and to make something of themselves. Oh. So that is literally what we just talked yeah. about, yeah, and I totally have goosebumps
1: <laughs> i it and it resonates so much because I loved my dad, he has passed, which I know you know, but i I never did feel good enough for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He always wanted me to be more athletic than I was, he really wanted me to play multiple sports in high school. I played no sports in high school. Mm. I liked sports. I did them in grade school, but I wasn't great at them. They were just something I did to sort of do and pass the time and be active. And he was always pushing me in that. And even with grades, I got better grades than my sister, who we found out later had a pretty severe learning disability. But it was like if I was getting B's, why weren't they A's? If Mm -hmm. I was getting A's, was I still trying my hard you know, my hardest. And Mm -hmm. that was always a big I can remember again, like in middle school. And again, I was a really good student. I was honorable roll every year, all that. And he brought home these tapes that was like, now I forget the name of them, but they were these big video, you know, back when we had VHS and Mm. like how to get A's and succeed in life or something like that. And he made it mandatory that I watched them. Mm. I never did. I don't know how I got out of it. I think we lied or something, but (laughs) it was always, I always felt like I had to do more for him and nothing I did was enough. Mm. And my sister who was a much better athlete, but not as good of a, scholar always seemed enough for him and I could never figure out why. And he didn't outright compare us. And when we would sort of make comparisons ourselves, he would, uh, you know, get mad. No, you know, no one's comparing you. And I was like, but we we both felt it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, again, when I stopped playing sports, going into high school, he was really upset. And it always felt like there was this thing that he had one more for me, and then my two best friends were on the basketball team. And it was also this kind of thing, because he'd come to every game and support them. But you know, I'd still get the comments about like, you could be out there or what are you gonna do softball this year? And it's like, mm. no, I'm done. I'm done with sports. So right, yeah, there was
0: definitely that right. relationship there. To feeling whole and complete mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. Um, without his approval. Right. And and I'm so sorry that he was comparing you guys, because there's no, this, right. this has come up in our own house where, you know, my, my daughter compares more than we compare. Right. And I told her, I was like, I love you both yeah. like so much. I'm like, but you know what? I'm like, I love you like a tulip and I love your sister like a daisy. I love Like that. both beautiful, both wonderful. Like they both make me so happy and I mean, you know, my girl, they're both totally different, right? They're totally different. I said, and I love you both for like totally different reasons. Like there's no comparing, like you can love a tulip and you can love a daisy and they're both amazing and they're not alike. Right. So that's such a good analogy. I'm going to use that with my girls. (laughs) And I think though, as part of your tree backyard, uh, meditation, uh, I think even just saying the word Enough. Like allowing that word to be your word for a while. The mantra, yeah. Yeah, like enough or like you pick your word, but enough, whole, complete, freedom. I mean, I think all of those words and, you know, and you can sit with and feel out like which of those words seems to resonate the deepest for you. Right. You know, I think the freedom has more to do with the expectation that your dad was putting on you. Right. And I feel like enough has more to do with your own feeling whole and complete. Right.
1: And when I started working with my life coach, she, one of the first things she did is had me come up with a mantra and that was the first one I came up with. And I remember I wrote it down and then I was sort of like, wait, what was the mantra? Sorry, I am enough. Oh, perfect. And But then it sort of felt generic. I was like, mm-hmm. that's something you find on, like, a sticker. But it also just felt right. So I eventually did write it down and sort of pick it as my mantra. And then when I was on a trip back in March, I found a really um, cute bracelet that said, I am enough on it. Mm-hmm. And I was wearing it pretty consistently. I weirdly have stopped wearing it. But I also just don't wear jewelry on a daily basis mm-hmm. other than my necklace. But um, if you've been working um, with but it for feels, a while, yeah. it,
0: that might be done. Yeah. Like, that might be or I might have needed a break from it maybe mm-hmm. it'll come back mhm yeah or i mean as we evolve and grow our energy level rises right our energy frequency raises And so it may feel down here and maybe you've done that healing work and you've raised your energetic vibration. And that's, that is our ultimate goal with healing is to continue to raise our energetic vibration. So as we heal, then we begin to manifest a different level of life. And as we heal, we raise our energetic vibration. Then we manifest, we are simply the magnet for the free energy frequency that we are emitting. We are receiving exactly the same thing. And so in doing this work, we heal our wounds so that our energetic frequency can raise. So it may be that enough no longer fits. Yeah, I'll have to play with the different words. Yeah, yeah. and just the energy meaning behind that. We haven't even gotten started on the playbook. (laughs) I should take a great big deep breath. So good, so good, so good. Is there any other thoughts you want to share about what we just talked about or does that feel? No, that feels right. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, I think understanding how important it is to spend time with that little girl and to spend that time there, I think is so important because she literally runs our show for the rest of our lives. Right. And, and then if we don't heal her, then we respond as an adult, but like this injured seven-year-old. Right. And so I think right. spending that time is, is just really important. Yeah. Yeah. So, my dear, <laughs> as, thank you so much for getting your whole family to yeah. do all of my questionnaire. I know I ask a lot of no, my guests, that. but it's actually like so cool because then we can puzzle and and connect the dots, and it's really really awesome. I gave you a copy of the Enneagram chart yeah. sitting in front of you. So you are a seven eight wing, a seven wing eight social, which means that it's called the realist. So you are super positive about life, but you're also realistic about life, but you want to be happy and you want uh-huh. everyone else around you to be happy. Yep. And as a social, you are focused on the group as a whole. Like that's your most kind of perspective of life. So if you notice on the chart, there is um, different arrows. So when you are doing great and feeling really wonderful, you integrate to five, which is the investigator And you feel competent, you conserve your energy, like as to not be out, you know, drained by the world, and you disintegrate to one, that critical perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And so this is where, going back to what we just talked about, right? Your dad expecting this perfectionism in all aspects, rather than just kind of that welcoming of who you are. Right. Recognizing that Perfectionism is a trauma response Mm -hmm. to a critical parent, right? When we are, and I'm speaking like a perfectionist herself, (laughs) who's done a ton of work and is trying to heal her traumatic childhood. We try to be perfect so that we do not give any meat or any substance to someone who might criticize us. Right. Right. So we perfectionism is an attempt to stay ahead of any sort of judgment, is an attempt to stay ahead of any criticism. And what ultimately it does is it chips away at our own self-love, our own self-confidence, thinking that someone else's voice has more power yeah. than our own. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So when we can flip that and recognize, you know what? I am whole and complete and free right here, right now, no matter what I am doing, no matter where I am, like I trust and know everything is happening in perfect order, in the perfect way, perfect order. Then we begin to have a lot more self-acceptance, a lot more self-love, a lot more self-compassion. And it is the simple shift of recognizing that our voice is more important than anyone else's. Right. Right. Because the voice that we hear isn't just our mind, it is our intuitive guidance, mm-hmm. it is our perspective, and we're the we're the only ones who are living this journey. Right. Like, as much as we have close people to us and people that we love, we are the only ones on this particular journey. Right, exactly. And so I think it is really important, this is where meditation is so important, is we do get quiet and we receive this messaging that comes from this deeper place that guides us and directs us Mm -hmm. so that we don't we don't allow those louder voices to, to take over to take over that that deeper voice. Yeah. I'm so sorry. There's a hummingbird that keeps like floating around. Like he's almost hit the windows like a few times. I just have to tell you because oh, that's like a total angel, a total angel message. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I have a, I have a, like it will not stop. Like I'm surprised. I'm sure the banging may show up on this, on the thing. Cause it like literally will not stop. That's so funny. We have
1: friends who the dad of the family passed away unexpectedly. I think we're going on five years and that's, his his oldest daughter has a really strong connection to hummingbirds because for her that is a sign of her dad who I was close to Mm. so that's interesting as well
0: oh my gosh I have chills (sighs) (sighs) okay so good so good so good okay so we're gonna love up on that perfectionist and and as you see the seven let me get my chart out Uh, So as you see, then the seven, when we're in a good space, we go to five. Mm -hmm. And when we are maybe not caring for ourselves as much, then we allow that that louder voice to to be heard a little bit more. Right. Yeah. That makes that that fits. That makes a lot of sense. So if you flip that over, (laughs) there's this other really extra layered chart. Love it. Yes. Um, so as you can see, it says assertive, compliant, withdrawn. So each triangle, it's like a little Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. So each triangle shows which of those numbers is assertive, which one is compliant, and with which one is withdrawn. So you are seven, eight, and your daughter is eight, seven. So just That's to, the younger so, one, right? That's yes. fair, yeah. So um, just to circle on that. Yep. So you are both assertive, assertive. Yep. all right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. So now do you feel like you have a stronger line to five that's more of like that observer thinker or more of that line to the perfectionist? I think now in my life, um, I have a stronger line to five. Okay. So that is withdrawn. So you take a good time. I mean, you take time to go be alone out Mm -hmm. by the tree. Mm -hmm. You do take that time to withdraw
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm great at withdrawing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I am, too, actually. <laughs> it's, like, my favorite thing to do. Right. <laughs> but, but. In a good way. In a good way. Okay, that's good. See, mine is less not <laughs> as great. <laughs> I'm still working on that. But so sometimes, though, I feel like my husband understands I withdraw when I need to get my mind straight. Mm-hmm. And he actually knows it actually saves more conversation. Yep. actually saves more discussion. Like, I, I will come back. And I will talk when I feel less hurt and, like, I understand myself more. And he knows it's actually, like, more efficient. Right. He's like, oh, I don't have to talk as much (laughs) if I let her go get a break. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I need my husband to still get there entirely. So I think
0: that's part of the understanding here. So what is um, really important here? With your stronger... So we always have a stronger line to one of the two numbers. Mm -hmm. Right? So... In your case, it would either be a stronger line to five or a stronger line to one. So you're saying that you have a stronger line to five, yeah. which, which is withdrawn. So that leaves us to one, which you see as compliant. Which makes so much sense for my childhood because I would have said back in the day I would
1: have had a stronger line to one, and that is I was just trying. I my whole my whole childhood was just don't get in trouble, mm-hmm. don't make waves. Be, you know, right, stay
0: ahead of the judgment and the criticism. Stay ahead of the
1: judgment and the criticism. Just do what they want you to do. Just, you know. And, and my sister was by no means a bad child. My perception of her, were were quite a far apart in age. Um, my perception was that she was always getting into trouble. Now that I'm older and know more about the backstory of our lives, I, she was not a troublemaker, but she was getting in trouble, basically. So I feared trouble. I wanted nothing to do with it, both at home and at school and everywhere. So I... Even when I wanted to be assertive, I was often compliant just to not make those waves. Mm. But I I definitely had my moments of being assertive. But if it was going to get me in trouble, I went to compliance. And that is when I was probably feeling a more, like I said, a a stronger connection to the perfectionist. Because again, trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, Mm -hmm. be the best I can be in his eyes. Mm -hmm. So in true
0: health, in true health, we are all three. So, mm-hmm. if right now you are feeling more like you are assertive and withdrawn, where in your life can you feel like it would benefit you now to be more compliant? um which will get to your which will get to your hubby and or we can jump to that now, but you know he has more he is more fear based mm-hmm. and makes sense um and so is there an area where um, for you you want the ultimate travel buddy you want to have fun right you want to go you are like super positive and you want everyone around you to be positive uh-huh. and maybe not like you know uh, kind of big picture right where he you are big picture but he is the logistics uh-huh. and he is the uh, the details and but also has a has a stronger side of fear to him yep but you know where could you allow that compliance? to serve you in that relationship, knowing that, okay, maybe you can slow me down just a little bit so that I can think through these things and I can I can get you going right. a little bit faster.
1: I mean, it's funny, I don't know if it's because you brought up travel that I go to this place, but when we travel, I usually do end up booking everything and not because he can't or I don't trust him, but because again, it's just sort of easier for me to do it. I'm also the keeper of, you know, all of our schedules. And he will say like, oh, I'll do it. Let me do it. And a lot of times I don't. And I've started to actually sort of give him that back Mm
0: -hmm. or give that
1: to him. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is one way is sort of, you know, again, because I do trust him. He knows, you know, he knows when we need to go and he knows, you know, what we want to fly or we, or we do it together sometimes, right? We'll sit there together and book it. So, and, and he really likes to be helpful. And so I think giving him you know, those kind of chores that he actually is happy to do. I don't want to say chores, but, you know, like tasks mm-hmm. that he's happy to do mm-hmm. that I don't really care about that. I just take on maybe because I am at that time trying to be, you know, a little bit perfect and have everything ready to go and give him some of that.
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. Your basic desire is to be happy. Yeah. Your greatest fear is uh, being deprived or trapped in pain. Yeah. Your childhood messaging, and it got that way because you heard whether or not your parents said this, but this is what you heard. It's not okay to depend on anyone, um, which then ultimately leads you to your acts of service love language, right? Right. So, uh, not that not that our love language is a trauma response by any means, but we we do what we want people to do for us. Right. Right. So believing that you couldn't depend on people to do things for you, then turns you into this acts of service, love language, Mm -hmm. because that's how you want people to be, to love you. Right. Because you learned at an early age that you couldn't depend on people.
1: So, you know, what's interesting about that? And it's funny because if people ask me about my upbringing and my family, like I loved my family. I mean, I I still mourn not even just the loss of my parents, but I just in general sometimes will mourn being, you know, our nuclear, the four of us going mm-hmm. on our, our trips and whatever we did. But what's really interesting is we were kind of also four independent people all living in the same house. Mm-hmm. And I have always taken great pride in being independent. I want my girls to be independent but as a mom now, it's really interesting because I, I probably do too much for my girls, especially mm-hmm. when I want them to be so independent. Mm-hmm. But I'm again I'm I'm working on that, and and my my oldest is is getting very good at sort of letting me know what she wants to do by herself, which is great. But where I was going with this was oh so we it was just sort of felt like four individual people. And when my youngest wants me to play with her, and sometimes I just don't want to, and I'll say you know my parents never played with me mm-hmm. and. The first time I said it, I meant to more as like a, aren't you lucky? And also if I don't want to play with you, I don't have to type thing. And she just looked at me and was like, why not? How sad. And I had never,
0: I had never knowingly Aww. felt sad
1: about it. And again, my sister's quite older than me and she did play with me and I had neighborhood friends and all that, but I can't remember ever other than like maybe playing, you know, board games or card games, um, you know, playing with my parents. And I just thought, oh, that's just what life was like. But as mm. you were saying all that, it really, like I started to just really picture us again as like. Four individuals in a family. Like we went on family trips, mm-hmm. but there are always other people there. Mm-hmm. We never mm-hmm. really did anything just the four of us, and I um love now my family doing stuff just the four of us. I, mm-hmm. I like when we do stuff with other people as well, but sometimes I so that I mean that
0: all really really fits. Mm-hmm. And isn't it interesting? And I I think then we also love every time we love in the way that we love, it heals a part of us too. So I also yeah. think like looking at your acts of service when you do an act of service for someone Mm -hmm. to think about it now more kind of profoundly that you are also serving your little girl, your own self. Yeah. Um, every time that you do that for sure. So the never ever for you is try to control you. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. 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 So, that from, and I know that you know the chakra system, yeah. but um, our sense of control and self personality and our ego, but also our control and our self control and our own personal value, our own gold and our own worth lies in our solar plexus, which is our digestive issues and <laughs> our stomachs. Interesting. Of course it is. <laughs> of course. So let's just breathe that in for just a moment. Again, going back to the no one else's voice is more important than your voice. And that as a healthy adult, we are not responsible for other people's feelings. And I know that that is like way harder to say than to act out. Mm -hmm. But in these moments where you feel controlled or feel like someone's trying to control you, Recognizing it's it's their stuff, not right. your stuff, and right. I think this is a perfect foray into your husband. Yeah, I sure do, is. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and I do want to talk about your uh, destiny cards, but uh, let's, like I said, we're going to lean a lot more into Enneagram with this. With this, yeah, because <clears throat> I think there's just a lot here for you to talk about with your family. Yeah. So he is a six wing five. His name is the Defender. He is compliant, withdrawn. So you're assertive, assertive. He is compliant and withdrawn. No assertive there. Right.
1: No, right. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. And he is a social too. So he's focused. You're both focused on the group as a whole, which mm-hmm. is great as a family that you both have kind of broad picture of, right. of, the, of the family. So he integrates when he's feeling great. He is a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So nines are great. They, but you know, the downside of that is they don't always know their needs, but they're not, they just want peace. Right. They're just everybody gets along. Like, yep. what do you need to do? What do I need to do? So I'm not in trouble. Right. Like, right. That's, that's yeah. all they want to know. Tell me what I need to do. Yeah. Tell me what I need to do. That's all. Just tell me and I'll do it. And, and all's well. Yep. So it's nice. I, I'm married to a nine. Well, I, lo- I love nines. <laughs> and it's funny. Cause even the other day when we were packing for
1: a trip, and he does this every time we're packing to either come home or go on a trip. He'll kind of be like, what can I do to help you? Or what do you need me to do? But he just, you know, he, he just kind of sits there and waits for me to tell him. And it's like, well, at that point, I just, I'm just going to do
0: it. But however, I think I want to pause you right there because do you notice that that is compliant, withdrawn, right? Not assertive, right? So here is where his being assertive. Mm-hmm can begin to make shifts for him, for his own self. Right. So as he begins to learn how to be more assertive, like maybe in that scenario, you could say, honey, you know, to to start to help him with his assertion. Right. Say, honey, what do you think would be the first thing? And I I think it's also really important to know men just want to make us happy. Right. (laughs) Truly, they just want to make us happy. And if they have feel like, if they feel like they have failed us, Numerous times in the past, they right. actually do get nervous right. to do something because they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna like upset her again." Right. And I just want to make her happy. Right. And so actually, to um, Which also checklists like tracks. Yeah, yeah, checklists are great for men because they are yep. single focused. We multitask, but they are yeah. only single focused. So checklists are actually really great for men yep. because it's like, okay let me do this one and then I'll check it off. Yep. And then I go to the next one and I check it off. Yep. Right. So that's it how is... we get things done around our house. <laughs> I have a honeydew list for him forever. The honeydew list is there for a exactly. reason. It is so important. <laughs> it is so good. I'm sorry, was there something more that you were going to say about the packing? No. I know, because it was just a perfect assertive example. No, so that's great. So I wanted great. to jump on that. Okay. Um. So he disintegrates to three, which looks like chasing after success rather than maybe like being kind of behind the ball rather than a three is like firstborn child. I'm working so hard. Mm -hmm. I am dynamic and doing everything and work, work, work. Um, I did a project with a three ones and it was exhausting. Like, I mean, I work fast, but like three was a whole nother level. Um, but when they're disintegrated to three, it's like, Kind of behind the eight ball, like dis- right. like chasing after success. Like, yeah. oh, it's, it's just right there. Like, I almost have it. I almost have it. But like, oh, maybe if it's not manifesting, maybe you're supposed to go a different route. Right.
1: Uh, yeah, that's very fitting as well.
0: So his basic desire is to be happy and satisfied. His greatest fear is being without support mm-hmm. or guidance. Mm-hmm. So if that shows up for you, if he feels like unsupported... By you, that's that is truly his greatest fear. Mm-hmm. His childhood messaging is it's not okay to trust yourself. <laughs> so this is why he has this need for facts yep. and research and information, and that's actually kind of a sad place, yeah. right? That is like yeah. a sad place that I I need all this other information right. because I can't trust the voice that I'm hearing that's coming right. up,
1: and that and. Not in those exact words, but he and I have had conversations about that. That was the messaging he got from his parents growing up.
0: Mm -hmm. The six, five that I know, we were having a conversation about intuition once. And I mean, I literally teach classes on intuition. (laughs) Not only do I use it on a daily basis, like I literally teach people how to use their own intuition. Right. And, And they were like, oh, no, when I hear that. I just stuff it down. And so I can't hear it. Mm-hmm. And then I think with my head and I make a choice. And I like literally was like, I know what, like, what? Don't, <laughs> but, do that. but this is his, this is his journey. Yeah. And this is his, you know, it can't be like, Oh, don't feel stressed. Okay, I'm cured. Right. (laughs) Like this is his journey to begin to, one, it can begin with being assertive. Mm -hmm. Right. So what is assertion? Assertion is trusting your own voice, your own thought to make the next choice, that you're going to make the right and next choice. Mm -hmm. And so by him having not activated and practiced that muscle, he then is not, you know, in your mind taking that next step. So you can get the short-sighted frustration there is like, oh gosh, like, can't you just pack your bag? Right. Right. But if we can take this larger view of what's actually happening, then, Mm -hmm. then it brings in this compassion. Yeah. Then it brings in this understanding and be like, okay, honey, you know what? Okay. Like, I get it. I get, you don't have assertion because you were taught to not trust yourself. So in this partnership, like, and, and he can now be aware of this too. Yeah. But then you can ask questions that could maybe help him. And there's no codependency here. This is like, you know, this is just a good partnership. Right. Um, but to ask that question, you know, okay, well, well what, what do you think you would need? Right. right? And to ha- And hold space for him knowing it's a new language and knowing it's a new muscle that he's right. practicing. But as he practices it it will bring balance into all of you, right? right so there's right. no good or bad Enneagram number. Right. The healthy number is the good number. So there's right. high and low to every number, and it's just the healthy number that is the right number. Right. One right? well, was so interesting what you said earlier, too, right as you were giving me his
1: his uh, results about that I can't provide the happiness for other people, and that's a conversation he and I have had multiple times because I often feel as though he is waiting for me to make things happen for him and to, and to be in charge of his happiness. And I've had to finally say to him in the last year or so that like, I can't do that. I can support him and help him. And you know, that I want to be supportive and helpful, but that I can't, nothing I do is going to bring him happiness. Nothing Mm -hmm. our children do is going to bring him happiness if he doesn't have it
0: Mm -hmm. first
1: and find it Mm
0: -hmm. within himself. And then
1: he's responsible for that. And so that's actually been a big kind of like weight on my shoulders because, you know, again, I just want to see the people around me and the people I love happy. And when I know he's not which is all seven. Right. Right. It <laughs> is literally seven. Yep. <laughs> and when he's not, it's really hard for me too. And then I start to take it personally because again, I feel like I'm I should be doing something. And I've had to just
0: really finally come to terms with like I can't do this. You have to do this. Mm-hmm. And that is the mature adult again, like we said. Right. That is the adult I am not responsible for your feelings and it is certainly easier said than done. Right. No, no question. Easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I'm proud of you for, for saying that. But I also think doing this with this kind of layer of compassion now, right. I think will land very differently. Gotcha. So as yep. a six, all right, let me, it's not okay to trust yourself. His never ever is never lie to a six. <laughs> that <laughs> that yep. clearly hits home. Yep. <laughs> His deterioration has this attachment to belief. So, an over allegiance to a group. So, like, I think this mm-hmm. applies to what you're saying. Like, the group's going to make me happy, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. he's, but this ultimately comes down to this he can't, he doesn't feel like he can trust his own voice. Right. Well, and I've even
1: had, we've had some, I mean, we've been together now for many, many, many years. And we've had to have some adult discussions since the time we've been, or like, in the time we've been together from, Then to now about different friendships he has even and how they may no longer be serving him. And it's really hard for him. He has a real loyalty to his group of friends. And it's like, I love that about you. Mm -hmm. And also I want you to eyes wide, you know, wide open type thing, like Mm -hmm. be paying attention to how they're, you know, treating you and, and if they're making you feel valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, this has been a group of his people for so long before any of the significant others came along. So Mm
0: Well, and as we evolve and change, again, as our energy frequency raises, the relationship that we once had, the relationships that we once had when we were vibrating at a lower frequency, not that we don't love them, but sometimes they feel less satisfying to us. As we evolve and change and grow, there's nothing wrong with those relationships or those people it's just, it feels less satisfying right. because you're used to this higher energy frequency discussion and view of life. Right. And, um, and then, so sometimes the relation, you know, people fall away yeah. and, um, and it's when we cling to them, <laughs> we have to talk about that. Okay. When we cling to them, then it can cause a whole slew of problems. So let's finish his Enneagram and then we'll go back to do destiny cards for the two of you. Cause it totally applies. Okay. That totally applies to you. Perfect. So two last things with him. As a six, he believes things are not going to work out. (laughs) Yep. So he's always trying to find the backup. He's trying to find, you know, which is nice because then very prepared. But at the same time, at the same time, like, okay, like the world is not falling in. Yeah, there's like this lack of trust. Like, you know, meatballs are not going to fall from the sky tomorrow. Like... (laughs) Uh, like Chicken Little. Uh, exactly. Right? Like the, mm-hmm. the earth, you know, the sky isn't falling in. Um, and then five, as a five, to be objective, look at the facts. Objective data data is the reliable source, which again right. goes back to yeah. it's like kind of sad place that he believes that he can't trust himself. Right. So for him, assertiveness, it is that, you know, we've we kind of talked about that. It is, you know, teaching him how to become more assertive, which deeper than that is his trusting self, right? which, you know, together the two of you can start to do t- five minutes of meditation, right. right? As he gets quiet, then he will start to understand this feeling of, of trusting, but you mm-hmm. know, know that it is one minute at a time, right? Like this is very rarely is it. Oh, okay. It's all fixed now. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a journey and it's a process, but the fun part is like, Recognizing when you start to have interactions with people that maybe once once upon a time irritated you or bothered you. Right. And then all of a sudden you're you're not bothered. Right. And you're like, Oh, I grew. Oh <laughs> <God>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So good. Okay. So for destiny cards, you are a nine of hearts. Right. So that is the universal love card. Of course it <clears> is. Is it? Of course it is. Yes, it is. So you feel your way through life. Mm -hmm. So your hubby should ask you, how do you feel about things? Yeah. Because that is how you're going to get, he's going to get the best answer from you. As a nine of hearts, there is a continual elevation throughout your life. There will be closures and openings, closures and Mm -hmm. openings. But, and when we try to, like what I was just saying, where we try to hold on to, things that are done, right? then it ends up holding us back from mm-hmm. our for universal sure. truth, yep. like our universal and letting go. And there is a need for control for nine of hearts as well. Um, but I, I think recognizing, just trusting. I, I do think that you have done such a good job of this, of like recognizing. And I think the loss of your parents, mm-hmm. you know, I've lost my parents as well. Like I think that grief process teaches us acceptance and recognizing all things happen in perfect divine order in right. the perfect divine way, even if we don't like it right. or we wish it was a different way. We know it always serves a purpose. And so I think going through that experience then causes this, you know, practicing that muscle of letting go and, and allowing what's what's meant to be. Right, for sure. is When I lost my mom, who was my
1: second parent that I lost, I, which again was completely out of anyone's control, she was diagnosed on a Saturday with lung cancer and she was gone eight days later. Oh, gosh. And, um, I mean, we had no control over anything for that whole week and beyond, but, um, it's also when I lost my ability to deal with people's like nonsense. And mm-hmm. I've definitely been a different, per- different person since then, because I just, I'll, I, if you are not serving me the way that I need to. And I mean, again, I don't mean that in a whatever derogatory way, but like, if, if your energy is no longer serving for me and no longer positive for me, I have no problem. I've cut out family. I've cut out, you know, other acquaintances, friends. Um, I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it, and it really, it was just interesting. Cause like you said, it's, I think it was then that, I mean, I still like to have control over certain things, but you know, it was then that I, you know, again, to feel completely out of control. Um, that was definitely where I felt completely out of control and came out of it you know, like I said, on that other side, that same way
0: where it just, I've got to let it go. And do you find that you don't really like people being emotional around you?
1: Oh, no. It doesn't bother me
0: at all. Okay. Yeah. doesn't okay. bother me at all. Okay.
1: I actually would prefer people to be emotional around me. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't like when I feel like people are holding back.
0: Yeah. Well, the fakeness. Mm-hmm. I think the fakeness. Yeah. I think grief, I think that's a, a grief result too. Right. I think healing from grief is one you come to know how short life is, how precious life is, and like don't waste my time. Right. Because yeah, TikTok, like life yeah, is happening right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And your hubby let's find his page. He what is he? He is a three of diamonds. So as a three of diamonds, a diamond he is all about matter and value. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So his question is, why does this matter or where's the value in this for you? So as okay. he's trying to discern and start to be assertive and decide for himself what matters or where where he should go next, he needs to ask himself, why does this matter or where is the value in this for me? Okay. So th- those are two really good questions that will mm-hmm. help him to begin to listen to himself and to have more assertion. And as a three, he's either creating value and matter or he's worrying about matter and value. There is nothing in between. He's either one or the other. So if and he's he, usually worrying. And so it. if he yeah. is worrying. So get him creating something like whatever yeah. that is for him. I don't know if he cooks or if he yeah, He gardens. started doing
1: Legos. He like loves Legos. It was something he picked up in in COVID. <laughs> and we're like, we are out of space for places with these Legos. But it does. It's like when he just needs. It's like when he needs to do his withdrawing that's what he does
0: so good um yeah, so good and
1: he'll just be in there working away and and one of our daughters likes to do it with him and so they do it together too sometimes which is helping that and and is it the youngest daughter
0: that likes to do that with him
1: no it's actually the oldest one oh okay the youngest daughter is somewhat interested but doesn't really have the attendance span to do it for very long okay like it's just she loses interest
0: after a while okay okay So I think that's all we're going to talk about that for destiny cards for the card itself. And at the end, I will show kind of the family map.
1: Great. I love a map.
0: But, um, but I think knowing the Legos are a great thing for him, Mm -hmm. like whatever he can create. I think if there's also something that I think that's great to feed his withdrawal, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, knowing that for true balance with him, there is a, a need to work on assertion. And, right. and and that comes from a place of trusting self. Mm-hmm. And I think you will he will trust self as he asks himself, why does this matter? Where is the value in this for me? Right. Okay. That's so good. That's so good for him. And your oldest daughter, oldest daughter is a four wing three. She is the aristocrat. And she is withdrawn and assertive. Mm-hmm. So, um, but she is lacking compliance. That's funny. Is she,
1: is she is more she, compliant? She was. She's sort of moved out
0: of that, but she
1: is also, well, sometimes it's hard for me not to think in the past and think more present. I would say that matches now. It doesn't necessarily match early life, but it does match
0: now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then we we come into ourselves. Right, right? right. So I think that that is great. So again, remember, we want all three, right? For balance and, and for, for true balance and happiness, we want all three. So I think that's great. If she had felt more compliant earlier on, I think that's great. I think they come in as they grow, they come into their own. Right. I know better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I think, compliance and the preteen and teen years those are two really hard words to put together (laughs) Yep, (laughs) because okay again this is when the solar plexus is developing they are figuring out who they are what that looks like and the only way to do that is to push up against you right and to push up against life and figure out figure out who they are this is through you know like Becoming the diamond, right? It's like right. it's got a rub to yeah. to do that. So no, and
1: she's definitely doing a fair amount of pushing, and it's it's interesting. I noticed the shift again, probably in in COVID, which interestingly enough, post pandemic, post like lockdown part of the pandemic, she was diagnosed with anxiety, which is a big part, I think, to what happened in COVID. Like shutting down for her was huge. She needs to be like at school and with her friends and with her teacher and. Um, she's she forms really strong bonds with her teachers, and it was really hard for her to have that just taken from her. Mm. On top of which, because her sister had some some issues early on that we focused on, I've always said that I think that's part of it too. Because again, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but we probably paid a little bit too much attention and 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 let the younger one sort of rule the house because it was like all about keeping the peace. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think the older one spent some. Years in the probably like four to four or five to, you know, now range feeling like she was not fully being seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard because in the moment you really think you're doing what's best for like, you you know, you have whichever one sort of needs you more. Right. Is who you need to, I guess, focus right. on. But um, I can so, now see the mistakes that were made.
0: Okay. So I also believe everything happens in perfect way, perfect right. order. And I can tell you as a four, three, she would brood anyway. Yeah. It's <laughs> good to know. Yeah. <laughs> So you did nothing. Yeah. You know, I think always up leveling our parenting, always being conscious parenting. Yeah. But as a four, they are this artist. Yeah. They want to be unique. Oh, and sure they does. they bask in this, the world just doesn't understand me. Right. right. <laughs> the and by artist. the way, we need so many beautiful fours. A oh, healthy yeah. four. A healthy four who can... Um, know that the world is for them and know that the world blesses them is the most beautiful thing because we get to see their art. We get to see their uniqueness. Oh, yeah. So my love letter comes... From, I go to four when I'm in health. Right. So as a okay. two, I'm a two-one. As a two, I go to four. So the weekly Got love it. letters that I put out totally come from a four place. Right. It is my... You know, unique expression. It is mm-hmm. my perspective. It is... So that is like healthy four right there is what that looks like. Got it. So mm-hmm. when a four is not in health... And that makes so much sense with her as well. They go to this broody place yep. that's like, yep. the world just doesn't understand
1: me. Can we talk about her, the four to one? Because that's... hmm Like that. So because she so has... She
0: into, so this is what is very... Very interesting um, for the two of you because she actually integrates to one. So when yes. she's in a good place, she goes to one. So I actually think this is like really healing for you right. as your little girl right. self because you disintegrate to one, right. but she integrates to one. So she has a really different relationship. And she's literally been diagnosed as with her anxiety
1: is coupled with perfectionism. Mm. So that's why I wanted yeah, you to talk about it. Yeah. Well, that's I think really it's
0: interesting. really interesting to look at... Well, we've already talked about perfectionism. And so, like, you know, as her parent, can you teach her that her voice is most important? Right. Right. And, yes, our job as parents is to provide provision and protection. Mm-hmm. And as they mature and mm-hmm. as they grow, the balance of provision and protection that we hold and they take over... Shifts, right? right? Like they they get to take on more provision, right? More protection of their own self. That when they then are adults, they have yeah. that autonomy. But right. until then, until they've proven that they can keep their room clean, right. that they can, you know, their whatever their provision is, right? Yeah. As they start to babysit, right? Then they start providing for themselves or making their own food or. Right, so as she's starting to do take on her own provision and standing up for herself with girlfriends is a is a sign of protection. So as those things start to happen, then then it shifts a little bit, right? Then we give, okay, you've done that. I trust you with that. Now we'll get a little bit more. And then when things if you know, yeah, of course go (laughs) awry sometimes, then we pull some of that back. And it's this back and forth until they've reached this place where adulthood. And then, and then they go off to college. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All good. But okay. Except that that's a great example. So my daughter just left to go off to college, but it's been this like amazing thing. She's autonomous and so happy. And we talked to her a couple times, but you know, it's, she's so happy and whole and complete Mm -hmm. and, and has that, um, went through that process of provision and protection. Right. And so, just the growing up phase right. is is just that that yeah. balancing act but, but I, I do think it is like a really interesting perspective for you and i think it's important for you to know that her experience with perfectionism is very different than your experience right now that's so interesting
1: yeah it does she's there in a
0: place she's in it in a place of not of Reaction, right? She's there by desire, right? Like, and, and thank goodness we need ones, we need ones in this world. They may, sure. they fact check, yeah. They may i am am a I'm a two one, right? Like I I get nervous to put out information that wouldn't be right, right? Right? Like I fact check all the time, and so one is a very important place to be. One from a place of her Hurt. is right. reactive, where hers is more um, by choice.
1: Doesn't make it any easier to help her with her math homework. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that
0: it comes from a good place. Right. That is true. (laughs) Well, well, I also think, though, I think, okay, math is fairly um, black and white. Mm -hmm. It's a great example. Um, But I also think, okay, honey, let's get your math homework done. But you know what? I also want you to know. I love you. Yeah. Whether we you get 100 percent on this test or right. if you don't get 100 mm-hmm. percent on this test. And guess what? <laughs> Deepak Chopra talked about in some um interview about his son. And um and he had said that he's terrible at math. And his wife was always like worried that um he was so bad at math. And he's like, What? Like he'll just hire an accountant right. like later on in life. And then he's gone on to be very successful That's and so then hired his own accountant. And yeah. so certainly we all have to go through school. We yeah. all have to um, take the classes oh. that we need to take. But I also think, you know, as I'm about to, you know, send my second one off to college, it's like, look, like looking at what she thrives at and what she right. doesn't thrive at. It's like, no, you're going to go to the college that's right. My first daughter did. You're going yeah, to exactly. go to that college that's right for you. And guess what? It's not going to be the same place your right. sister went. Right. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Tulip, Daisy. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> And then she disintegrates to two. Mm-hmm. Awkward since I'm here. No, just gonna Actually, I can speak <laughs> to it so well. The low side of two is this people-pleasing, mm-hmm. codependency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you give to get. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let me help mm-hmm. you, but it, let me help you because... Or the words that, you know, don't come out of my mouth as much as they once did once upon a time. <laughs> I can't say that they don't ever, but... Um, it's more of a feeling. And then I recognize the feeling and I shut it off, but the, well, I've done all this for you. So you need to do this for me. No, right. actually that's not true. Like right. if you did this, you did this because you loved someone, not right. because you were giving to get. And that's right. what that give to get looks like.
1: Yep. That, that tracks.
0: Her basic desire is to be oneself. Her greatest fear is being without identity or personal significance, right? The artist, Mm -hmm. it is like that her biggest fear is like, but I'm supposed to be unique. Right. Her childhood messaging, whether or not you said it or didn't, this is what she heard, Mm -hmm. um, is it's not okay to be too functional or too happy. Wow. Interesting. Do you want me to say that again? Yeah. Okay. Um, It's not okay to be too functional or too happy. And that can be, you know, as mothers, and my therapist threw this one on me, which was like, oh, what? <laughs> because, you know, like my daughter, we're provision protection, mm-hmm. right? We're, we are growing in our provision area where I'm trying to let her, she wants to take on more of her own provision. right? And I love to cook and I love healthy food and I love to make sure that my family's nourished and mm-hmm. she wants to make her own food. And so there's been this real back and forth on that and you know my my therapist was like and I said something like why you know it's out of love that I want to do this and she's like is it <laughs> she's like is it love or is it control and i was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> i got to go now i'm just getting <laughs> time is up <laughs> so i think i think that here is in a little bit of that right is in her, and feeling like, okay, if I'm functional and if I'm happy, does that give everybody a job in right. the house, right? Well, and it's so interesting because, again, I think so much of
1: the older one's personality was formed. I don't know about personality, but a lot of her stuff is has come out because of her sister and, again, the intention we had to give the little one.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: because the older one used to be the happiest girl. And, again, mm-hmm. so that's why, like, I could leave her, right? Like I could leave her to take care of herself, not take care, but like to entertain herself. You know, she was fine on her own for a few minutes while the other one was screaming her head off constantly. And again, I think it is what has made the older one, one of the things obviously that has has made the older one the way she is now is because it was like, that's how she was going to be seen was by not being happy Mm -hmm. because the other one was always not happy and Mm -hmm. all the attention went to her. Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. the older one's happy, what is she getting out of it? Right. So it does, does track.
0: Wow. Cool. I mean, no, good awareness. I understand. Yes. Good awareness. <laughs> I understand. And
1: then that's, I mean, and so that's been some of the work I've been trying to do lately is like letting her know it is okay to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to not be okay. It's also okay to be okay. It's okay to be happy. It's okay. You know, mm-hmm. and just sort of letting her, you know, find that within herself again,
0: mm-hmm. which has been really hard. And I think, I think this also applies for her too, is the Everyone else's voice isn't as important as her voice. Right. Right. You know, people don't have to understand you. Like, and guess what? You're perfect, whole, and complete just as you are. Yep. Never, ever tell them what to do, which I mean, (laughs) you're a parent, but you know, we can do positive parenting. You know, I like to do the, whatever they've just done. Like, would that have upset you if I did that to you? (laughs) Yep. And then uh, deterioration, people pleasing, victim yep. blaming mm-hmm, others. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the message she needs to hear is you are seen for who you are and accepted, which it sounds like Absolutely. you're doing. So great Trying job, Mom. Real hard. Thank You're you. doing a great job. So, as a four, your feelings and intuition are a reliable source to guide you. And three, do what it takes to win. Be the best version of yourself is her three wing. <laughs> is that wing. why she's so competitive? <laughs> yes. So, that is three. Okay. That is her three wing. Yep. So, in that, We have, so she is uh four wing three. Right. And so, but for her, you can either lean to the five, which is observer thinker. Mm -hmm. So she can think about things before trying to take on the world. But then the other piece to her is she has withdrawn and assertiveness, but, um, but needs that compliance, which we've talked about. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So your final, and she is a king of hearts so she is the father card okay so she is mastery of emotion so i think that is as a four Mm -hmm. she has her mastery of emotion she knows what she feels oh yeah she does um but as a king we can either you know serve our kingdom Mm -hmm. by empowering our villagers or we can dictate over our villagers and so depending on our level of health we either dictate or we empower okay That makes sense. That makes sense? Yeah. And um, your youngest, Eight Wing Seven. So she is, um, and they're both um, sexual um, variant, Mm -hmm. like the sexual, like how they do the world. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Not. That was amazing. That was amazing. (laughs) Okay, that's not what it (laughs) meant. Oh Lord! Okay, so it actually means like like they like intimacy, like mm-hmm. connection, like yep. emotional emotional connection. This has nothing to do with any physicalness. It's <laughs> amazing. Okay, perfect. The independent and on her chart, she is assertive, assertive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So lacking in withdrawn and lacking in compliance. Mm-hmm. So she yes and yes <laughs> and yes. So I think teaching her how to meditate by the tree. Yeah. Right. Uh, Proactively like, Hey, you know, like I'm going to go and you know, starting, starting to create these rituals for herself. Right. So that she knows it's safe and okay. Like, Hey, um, have you ever seen the brain? There's a really great doctor that um, shows the amygdala brain. Oh yeah. With the hand, um, the thumb holding Mm -hmm. the fingers, folding over the thumb. Yeah. And I will include that link in the notes, Perfect. but it's just really great because it shows, you know, here's the amygdala covered, everyone's calm. And then as you start to get ignited, then he shows how the fingers pull up and then the amygdala is revealed and then right. no one's having any rational conversation. Right. But when you recognize and can feel, okay, one finger is coming up in my brain. Maybe I should go into my room for five minutes. So mm-hmm. teaching her how to regulate her emotions. And that is by withdrawing. You know, I think I would teach her more tools to withdraw first. And then I think you're going to get farther in compliance by teaching her to withdraw first. Right. Right. And to take proactively that space and time.
1: Yeah. And we've already seen a lot of growth in her with this, but I did, I had to start telling her that that's what she has to do when she's feeling overwhelmed. Like if she, if when the girls are fighting, like if her sister hits her instead of, her hitting back, walk away and go mm-hmm. calm down in your room. I mean, both girls right now are kind of given that inst- instruction. It was really like, cause she just could never do it. And she now sometimes will put herself in her own room and I'll check in on her. And she's like, no, I just need a minute. So mm-hmm. she's grown Good. in that, but she Good. definitely still needs a lot more. But yeah, I mean, that is all <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so she integrates to two. So as a two, we love to serve, we love to help, mm-hmm. we love to be the best friends, yes. Yes, we, we love, yep. we take a lot of pride in yep. that, and as long as it's healthy pride, it's okay, right. it can get too much sometimes, yes. and that's where it gets codependent and people-pleasing, and why didn't you acknowledge all my help? Right, um, exactly. But when when it's from a healthy place, we are great helpers, we're great, so we're highly intuitive, so yes. two's will know your needs before you know your needs. <laughs> and so I think she's great to make sure that you are listening to her. She disintegrates to five. Yep. So this is really interesting, too, because um, your husband is a six five. So he has they are experiencing mm. the five and you as well. You so you both share in your disintegration to five. So you both. Oh, is it mine? Mine's not the disintegration, right? Yours is disintegrate. Oh, I'm sorry. Yours is integrate. Integrate. My bad. I'm sorry. I put that backwards. So again, just as you are experiencing the opposite with the other daughter on your one, you're having the opposite experience of the five with your other daughter. Mm -hmm. So she's disintegrating to five, but you're integrating to five. So I think therein lies the interesting challenge for her in teaching her that it's okay to take this time. So for mm-hmm. you, you enjoy that time. Mm-hmm. And for her, it's coming from a place of, um, and when you are, when it, uh, when you are going to the low side of five, like low side of five is really stingy. Mm-hmm. They um, want to be left alone. Yeah. So then they're stingy with their time. They're stingy with their love. They're oh, stingy yeah. with everything. So um, so my daughter is an 8-7. Oh, funny. So um, as an 8, they're called the challenger. Yep, and if you find like you're saying, "Oh, it was so challenging." Oh yeah, right. However, eights are also the voice that defends those who don't know how to defend themselves. They are the ones who, you know, John the Baptist in the Bible is the eight right. that you know is like crusading and teaching and preaching. And right. you know, my my daughter, no one at school wanted to do uh, the announcements in Spanish. Oh. And um, there was two uh, native speakers in her class. She's in leadership. And the two native speakers were just, like, over it. They're just like, yeah. no, like, we always have to do it. Like, someone right. else can do it. And no one would do it. She's like, I'll do it. She's like, so then maybe then other people will do it. And so, like, then all these people commented on her that, you know, she was doing the them in Spanish. Right. And she did a pretty good job. Yeah. Like I love it. Yeah. But it's like, that's a perfect example of an eight. Yeah. Like,
1: just being kind of- brave,
0: being courageous. And I told her how proud I was of her that I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that was like super courageous and awesome. And you're setting, your trailblazing, right? Yeah. Like the eight, seven is the trailblazer and we'll have fun mm-hmm. trailblazing, mm-hmm. but they definitely have a strong, strong personality. So and not only is she an eight, seven in the Enneagram, she is also an eight of diamonds right. in the destiny cards. So eight of diamonds is like, if you look at this chart, like literally the top of the crown line. So, like, whatever she puts her mind to... Oh, yeah. Whatever yeah. she puts her mind to, and we'll get to this chart in just a moment, she will make happen. Like, she mm-hmm. is, like, power yeah. card. Absolutely. Um, That's all true. As... Uh, so, she integrates to two, disintegrates to five, and... Let's see. Where's her page? Can I ask sort of a question? Yes. Is
1: there any... Is there anything about the fact that, like, she and I are exact opposites of each other?
0: Like, so on the you, in, So, you experience the exact same thing in just a different percentage. Got it. Right. So you do life as seven, eight. She does life as eight, Eight, seven, seven. but you both Mm -hmm. share the same wings. So you're sharing the same things, but just, (laughs) it's like 60%, 40%, 40%, 60%. And there's times where you lean into that wing. So, you know, when you're both in eight, that might be a little more combative, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Because... It's not your home. Like right. your home is fun, happy. Like right. I want everybody happy, and I want to be happy. Yeah, where eight is, I want I want to do what's right, and right. you know I want um I I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. If no one else is gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Right, get out of my way. I'm gonna right. do it. Right. right. But if they feel hurt, uh, you know I feel like the eights are one of the most ooshy-gushy hearts. Oh yeah. But they also have this really tough exterior. exterior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, but when you get to be inside that heart, it's mm-hmm. like such a privilege. And um, when they feel down, though, they are that five that is stingy is the word. Yeah. Um, and what she needs to hear, and I know this by experience. <laughs> okay. What she needs to hear when she's in that stingy five place is, You are not a problem. Yeah. She is not a Let problem. It is not a problem. You are not a problem. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I have watched. My 8-7, like, snap out of it. Yeah. Like, the moment that I said, it's not a problem. Like, there's something about them believing that they are this problem. And like oh, you yeah. said, she's had this struggle throughout right. her lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so she has this inherent belief that she is a problem. So she needs to hear that she is not a problem okay. in order to come back into balance. Okay. That's so helpful. Okay. So... Does that part all feel yeah. good? Okay, yeah, absolutely. So one other piece that I want to bring up from the enneagram, if you look on your chart, um, the flip it back over to the cleaner side. Okay. Uh, there is you can see eight nine one anger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and um, so you are working through how to handle your anger in this lifetime. So I'm sorry, your daughter is working through <laughs> yes how to manage her anger. So yes, I think teaching is. her her withdrawn. And then ultimately working toward compliance. And I think, you know, team building. But I I definitely think working on Mm -hmm. withdrawal first will lead to better compliance. Okay. Your six wing five and your seven wing eight, your six and your seven, are both working on fear. So Mm. a six is things will probably not work out well. We need a plan to follow. I am concerned about how others are doing. Mm -hmm. They are afraid. Yeah. Um, As a seven... Things are gonna work out fine. We need to. We just needed to change plans. Right. I'm deeply concerned about what I want to do, and I'm afraid of missing out. Right. So FOMO is such a big thing for a seven. It's, it's like I don't want to miss out. Right. I don't want to. You know. I want to be right. Invited. I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um. And then as a four, it is about image. Yeah. It is. You know. It is shameful if I'm not the most unique. Like it is mm. shameful if I. I don't you know, show my like clearest identity right. because, because I want to be, I find I'm special in right. that way. So I'm only worthy if I'm the most authentic or original, your feeling and intuition are a reliable source to guide you. So I do think, you know, being quiet there, I think is really important. So let's just look at this chart really quick. I know this has gotten lengthy and wonderful. So much good stuff. We're just going to do this you. front chart. Yeah. So if you look at this chart from a distance, you have you have Team Diamond and you have Team Heart. Oh, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So do you feel like that is um, indicative of your family? So Team Diamond would be your hubby and your youngest and Team Heart would be your oldest daughter and you. No, actually. Well, what do you mean by that, I guess? So, as Team Diamond, they see the world through matter and value and function. Oh, like, right. nuts okay. and bolts, nuts and bolts. I was thinking um, Team Heart. Team Heart feels their way through the world. Yes, okay, yes. Like, gushy, then, yes. gushy, feel your way through the world. Like, mm-hmm. you guys can, like, watch romantic movies together. Right. They can watch, you know, action, you know, uh, Tangible documentaries together. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Do they actually watch documentaries together? I mean, no, because
1: the younger one's only seven, but I feel like she definitely will. She will.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Team romantic comedy, team documentaries. That's so funny. Yep. And, but I think, I think the important part of this chart is understanding that this exists here and. It's just energy that exists. It's right. not personal. Right. That does not mean that you can't enjoy a great movie with your youngest daughter. Right. You just find new and different ways, right, of enjoying. Yeah. And, and together, you both have eight and seven access. So going right. and doing something fun is probably more likely for the two of you mm-hmm. than um, than doing something tangible in yes. that in that matter space. Yeah. And. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. So for your youngest daughter and your husband, as our Neptune, she, he is her Neptune. So it can either be a dream come true or a nightmare. So I don't know if they have kind of this vacillating relationship that can bring out the good and the bad in each other.
1: Yes. Yeah. They. It, it's difficult to say because the, the one who is the Eight of Diamonds is... So attached to me right now and has Mm -hmm. been for four years, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because I remember doing these cards with you right before I turned 40 and you said to me something to the effect of that that child, the younger one, is going to feel connected to me in my even ages and more connected to my husband and my odd and I remember saying to you oh my gosh that tracks mm-hmm. and since that and I think that was maybe like a week before my I mean, it was very mm-hmm. close to my 40th birthday mm-hmm. and so when she jumped back over to me I was like okay this tracks but it has not stopped mm-hmm. which is very interesting so she and I are dealing with I need her to be a little bit less attached to me uh <laughs> that just makes her want to be more attached to me uh, what so that word, she,
0: that's coming yeah <laughs> Perfect. Um, Especially as she's dealing. There will be years of you staring (laughs) at their bedroom, at her bedroom wall, (laughs) her bedroom door.
1: (laughs) Uh, I know. Right. And she's, she's also experiencing some trauma responses lately to some things that aren't even directly things that have not happened to her, but that she has witnessed that she's having strong reactions to. And that has just sort of strengthened her idea that she needs me at all times. Mm -hmm. So. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting. So they have that connection and, um, and you and your other daughter have this heart connection. They have Uh the diamond connection, but collectively there's not a lot of like tight, tight energy that's going to create. I think this will help you with just your simple mindset. And Mm -hmm. I think taking, this is why I wanted to lean more into the Enneagram than the destiny cards this, this session, because I think the Enneagram tools apply more right now than the destiny card does. And you know, just having the energy separated here just means that there's fewer energetic nuances. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that you can't all feel really tight and connected because sometimes that energy that exists between people can sometimes like be really challenging because you're like, Oh my gosh, like I always feel like this, but like, why do I feel like this? Mm -hmm. And you know, having that with the family a little bit more, you know, distance, that's not a bad thing. I think that that is can actually be very empowering for you to say, in our family, we do this. So right. in this family, we treat each other A, B, C, mm-hmm. right? And these are the rules of our family, having uh, like a little family rule. Yep. Um, you could even do like a little Um, Mm -hmm. canvas that everybody writes how they want to be treated and like hang it in your dining room or in your family room right that's like here are the things that we do in our family right and that's kind of like the family motto Mm -hmm. I think would be really great that you then establish your own energy and your own rules I think a chart like this gives you that opportunity to do that great very good does that feel whole and complete there yeah okay So that is amazing. I just, I think you doing the assertive compliance withdrawn work, I think is, I think you're going to find some huge shifts there and you're going to see a lot of powerful shifts. And I think it's, I I can't wait for you to come back and to hear how that, how that shifts. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? No, I mean, it's, it's just so
1: amazing. I mean, I know, you know, that I fully believe in, in what you do. And it's just so interesting. It almost makes me feel better, right? Like about mm-hmm. some of the things you've said and sort of what happens, um, especially like when you were talking about needing to teach the younger one to go withdraw and that, you know, something like going to her room would be best because I've started to feel guilty about, I'm basically isolating her. And so I started to feel guilty about that. But I'm like, but I also know, like I it's just, again, gut, like innately, I knew mm-hmm. that's what she needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know the the older one, doesn't need it as much, but also, and I'm not like, we don't do timeouts, we don't do this, but it's like, you've hit your sister, go chill out in your room, Mm -hmm. you know, but she actually needs people to chill out with, so she usually goes in her room and comes out quickly after, and we can chat about it, because she actually wants to talk about it, whereas the other one um, doesn't, but it just makes me feel better about those choices we're making, you Mm -hmm. know, about Mm -hmm. how we're handling this, Mm -hmm. when I can then get in my head too much and think like,
0: I'm isolating her. And do you have them hold accountability, like, do you have to, do you make the sister go and do something nice for the other sister who hit or... Yeah.
1: I mean, I I don't... We're not big on forcing apologies although the oldest one will happily apologize because she does really feel remorse. Mm
0: -hmm. So that is
1: usually what happens and then usually she feels enough remorse that she wants to play with her sister some more. Mm -hmm. Um, The younger one's always been harder to sort of do that with. She will not apologize if
0: she does not think it feels authentic. That is very true of an eight. Yeah. They they have to understand. um, So I think talking through you know, one, I think teaching her and for the eight, seven, you have to just be careful on Mm -hmm. the withdrawal because they love to withdraw. Right. So I think empowering her to withdraw proactively, but then also to think about, you know, also, you know, okay, now that you've taken that time, like, what do you think the result is of, of your actions? Like what, you know, what, what do you think might happen long-term? Like if you keep treating your sister this way, what do you think might happen? And then not that it has to force apology, but you know, is there something you know, and have it be her idea? Like, is there something nice? You right. Know? And and we always talk about relationships with bit as like a bank account mm-hmm. that we yeah. make deposits and withdrawals. So we talk like, about it like a bucket, Bucket yeah. dollar bucket dipper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All oh, right, the bucket dipper. Yeah, yep. I saw that. Book. I love that book. Right. Like, is there something that you can then do? Like, well, you probably withdrew. Like, is there something? Yeah. Um. Maybe don't use that word because we're trying to make withdrawal a positive right. thing, but. <laughs> But it took some out of that account. Yeah. You know, can we put that back in? Yeah. And well,
1: what's interesting, too, the older one is actually the one that's more likely to hit at this point, which, again, five years ago was not the case. Mm-hmm. But she's more likely to hit, and then the younger one's more likely to scream and tell her that she hates her and that she's the worst sister mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and... It's interesting because she's obviously not, but then she will turn around other times and be like, I have the best sister in the whole wide world. And, right. you know, so I, I think in the end it all usually works out, but we are trying to really put it back on them to, yeah, talk it out. Or a friend of mine a few years ago uh, sort of taught me this thing she does where when one kid has done something to to upset the other kid, cause she has multiple kids, like lots of kids, she'll to that one just say, go fix it. Like and don't come back until mm-hmm. that sibling. They get you a long just, shirt. They get yeah, a long exactly. shirt. Exactly. <laughs> like until you have fixed whatever's wrong with that one. Yeah. So we do that a little bit as well.
0: So So good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Well, I hope this life playbook helps. Oh I hope gosh, it, I love it. Um gives you lots of good strategies and tools. And I think more than anything, just understanding the energy that already exists. Right. And the personality that already exists and how to um help everyone grow, um, to find their own best balance. Like you said, thriving is healing the, the the holes that we need to, to heal. And, um, and then, you know, learning and growing and then living from this new energetic higher place. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So good. So good. And, um, I can't wait to hear how all these tools work for you. Yeah. I'll let you know. Thank you. Thanks. All right such a great session. I hope her story helped you heal on so many levels. I can't wait to hear in the comments down below. What takeaway are you going to apply to your life from this episode? And if you'd like even more inspiration, join my love letter with weekly inspiration and meditations at lovehealthrive.com. And as always, love yourself enough to heal and heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care.